0: All right, dads, it's time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Former Navy SEAL Errol Dobler joins me on the podcast today. Errol is also a former FBI agent. He served as a member of the FBI's New York SWAT team and was attached to the U.S. Army's 75th Ranger Regiment. Uh, While serving as a special agent for the FBI, he deployed to Afghanistan in 2010 with the 75th Army Ranger Regiment. Errol participated in extensive combat operations and was presented with the FBI's Shield of Bravery for his actions on the battlefield, which is the FBI's second highest award for valor. Errol is currently a Level 2 Wim Hof Method instructor, Uh, so this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a big honor for me to have him on the podcast. Errol Dobler will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Errol Dobler was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the former Navy SEAL and myself, please subscribe to First Place Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and since Errol Dobler is a Wim Hof Method instructor here, I highly recommend you guys flip it back to episode 342 and listen to my interview with Wim Hof himself. Uh, that was a really cool interview for me to do, and if you guys are a fan of the Wim Hof Method, you'll really enjoy that episode. And if you enjoy listening to my Frogman Friday interviews here, there is no shortage of Navy SEAL dads that I have interviewed that are available in the archives of the podcast here, including most recently my interviews with Jocko Willink and Rourke Denver. All right, and follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace so you can find out which dads will be joining me here on the podcast next week. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL Errol Dobler. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, did you put on a few pounds during the COVID-19 lockdowns? You're not alone. It's time to start eating healthy and eating right, and it's never been easier to do so with Eat Clean Bro. They make it simple to get quality food to your door. Check them out at eatcleanbro.com and look at their menu and choose from a selection of over 50 fresh, fully prepared, ready-to-eat meals. Order by 11.59 p.m. to receive your meals on the next available delivery day. Eat Clean Bro is a convenience service that is designed to bring chef-prepared meals right to your front door. They address the concerns of potential long-term health problems by removing processed foods, chemicals, and preservatives from your diet and preparing your meals fresh with all natural ingredients. So what are you dads waiting for out there? Start eating clean today. Visit EatCleanBro.com and use my promo code FATHERHOOD10. You're going to save 10% off your meals. Check them out. EatCleanBro.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD10 and save 10% off your meals. And eat clean, bro. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father, Errol Dobler.
1: Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Al. Appreciate you, uh, Appreciate being here. This is uh, This is about as important a podcast as it gets, talking about fatherhood, because we're not talking about it enough these days, it feels like.
0: Yeah, right on with that. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they?
1: I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old son, Henry. I have a six-year-old daughter, Camille, and an 18-month-old daughter, Levi.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, brand new there. You're going for for number four? Are you all done?
1: No, man. I'm 52 years old, so
0: we're we're, we're done. (laughs) All right, sounds good. We're done for now. You got uh, the older one, uh, the seven-year-old, involved in any sports or activities just yet or no? Yeah, so we
1: started, so all the kids, to, to include the 18-month-old, uh, we swim, right? So we, I grew up by the water. We live just a couple miles from the ocean. We've got a pool. So swimming started almost immediately. Um, then we did, uh, you know, wrestling, surfing, and uh, some jiu-jitsu. And then my daughter, she's, she's, you know, we've got them in piano, And uh, my daughter is an artiste for sure. So she's going to we're going to put her in ballet and stuff like that. So we kind of, you know, just what we feel like are the uh, the lifestyle sports right now. Right. Just swimming, being comfortable, with some contact and and enjoying nature.
0: Yeah, good stuff, Errol. If you could, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Sure. I'm from uh, I'm originally from Long Island, New York, which all Long Islanders are always proud to put out there up front. I went to school at the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis. Uh, From there, you get commissioned as an officer. So I was on a ship first. I was on uh, the oiler USS Monongahela for a couple years. And then I transferred over to the SEAL teams where I was a platoon commander at SEAL Team 4 and SEAL Team 1. Got injured on deployment. I went to the private sector for a few years selling copiers and software, all good stuff. Uh, 9-11 happened, uh, joined the FBI, spent 13 years in New York City, 13 years in the FBI, mostly in New York City, working counterterrorism, and then, you know, got a little frustrated with some big government stuff and said, it's time to go out on my own, and I started my leadership consulting firm back in 2016, and and we've been rolling with that ever since.
0: Yeah, what an incredible journey you've had, Errol, and thank you for your service, of course. Thank you. And along this ride here, then, about how old were you then when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father change your perspective on life?
1: Well, I was uh, 45 when I first became a dad, so I got started late. Um, you know, how did it change my perspective? W- without being too cliche, it made me a better person. And, and what I mean by that is, and everybody will certainly relate to this, when you start seeing behaviors in your kids And you recognize him and you go, oh, where'd you learn that? Oh, wait, you learned that from me. So, you know, and my son will be just like me. He is for better, for worse. He's going to be me. So I pay extra careful attention to him. And when he does something, the first few times I was like, where did you learn something like that? And, you know, he, he doesn't even know how to answer that. And my wife would be standing beside me going, well, that's exactly what you do. So how did it make me a better person? You see a mirror in yourself, or at least I do, in my kids, and I quickly adjust my behaviors that I see in them that might go down a detrimental road as they get older. So just, if if you're paying attention, it can't help but make you a better person. So from a very selfish standpoint, it's really had me check who I am as a human being, and am I being, am I doing everything I can to be as good a role model? Because for better or for worse, they are going to copy what I do. So,
0: Yeah, very well said, Errol. And and I've had um, I had Wim Hof on the podcast back on episode 342. I know you're a Wim Hof method instructor. When did you first become aware of Wim Hof and the method, and what got you uh, made you get involved to want to become an instructor?
1: Well, oddly enough, so I was working, so I do leadership consulting, and I was doing a uh, weekend retreat for a client, and uh, the CEO called me and said, "Hey, I want you to implement Wim Hof method into the you know three days." And I said, OK, but what's the Wim Hof method? I had no idea. So he gave me a guy's name who he wanted me to call up. Uh, that guy's name was Brandon Powell. And Brandon spent about two hours on the phone with me talking about it because I had you know, done some quick research. And, you know, the first thing you see is some guy in a bucket of ice water. You're like, whoa, what is this? It just kind of resonated with me. So that's how I got turned on to it. As soon as I got off the phone with Brandon, I started the process to become a certified instructor, which takes about a year. They don't just give them away, which is nice. And I had it. I used it for from a personal level initially. Um, you know, and the story I tell of people is after about a week of doing it, my wife said, I don't know what this new thing you're doing is, but you are never allowed to stop. Right. And it was just because the stress was coming down a little more measured. And then I just found it was a great tool for my uh, leadership practice. So I just I, I introduced it to my clients for behavioral change and all sorts of stuff. So it's really been all encompassing for me, and and I love it.
0: Yeah, I really love Wim's whole philosophy on life. I love his perspective where he comes from, and what I'm kind of curious, Errol, is uh, especially the coldness part of this that he seems to defy, like nature when he does this. If young guys, is this something that they should be trying to learn when they're heading into buds? Could the Wim Hof method help these young guys get through buds? Would they have an advantage if they use the Wim Hof method?
1: Well, I think, you know, I think they're doing, it's been a while since I've been in touch with what's going on at, at buds, but from what I understand, they're really, um, they're really introducing a lot of new stuff to the candidates. And I think some of it might have to do with, you know, cold exposure and, and how to maintain your breath. I'm not sure, but I, I will tell you this, it probably would make a difference. Right. Because you don't have to. Obviously, you're sitting in the cold. They'll send the whole class in the cold and, and say, OK, you can all come out when somebody quits. Well, yeah, <laughs> OK, you know, then you're kind of like, is anybody going to quit? So if you can not endure the cold, but thrive in the cold, understand what it's doing for you, what it could do to you. Yeah, I think it would have helped a lot, you know, because you have to you had to really summon a lot of grit at buds when they put you in the cold water. and you don't need to summon all that grit to survive or to thrive in the cold. Right now, I, I spend lots of time in ice baths, and it's never like this. Ugh, you know. And that's how you, that's how you do it at Bud. So, yeah, I think it would help. Uh, so if there's any aspiring Buds trainees out there, yeah, do it.
0: Yeah, there seem to be a lot of them nowadays. And you know. uh, What about, just curious, what do you think is a safe age for young kids or like for dads that are out there doing it and their kids, uh, like you said before, they, they mimic you, they look up to you, they want to do what you're doing. What's the safe age to introduce this to your kids for them to start doing the ice baths and practicing this type of stuff?
1: So we, we implement it um, as soon as they're, they're ready. So, you know, I would be out there, I would do my ice baths and, you know, my, they'd come and watch me. And they'd start by sticking their hands in and then they'd leave and then they'd start by sticking. Then they'd go both hands and little by little, you know, while I was always there, they would just say, well, I want to try to get in. So I let them naturally do it. Right. I don't say it's time for ice bath. Let's get in there. Um, You know. Sometimes my son is he's something else. He'll get in. He was in there for almost two minutes one time. And I had to pull him out. Right. Because you have to be careful, especially at that young age. So I'm like, oh, that's that's enough of this. Um, but the, the answer to your question is, I just kind of let it happen naturally. We are obviously always watching them what they want to do. We kind of let them do. And it's it's really progressed nicely. And the same with the breathing. We're a little more um, proactive on that. But what we're trying to do is just create the principle of. Hey, we feel a certain way. Let's go take some deep breaths. Let's let's lie down. Let's sit down. Let's take real 10 real deep breaths because that will help us feel better. That will you know, whatever it does. So we kind of naturally try to incorporate it uh, in our kids lives. And now it just kind of becomes part of what we do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And I think just being in this age of the technology gives so many more of us access there's so much more information that we didn't have before, especially when it comes to thought process, breathing methods, how to handle stress and stuff like that. And I think there's, it does a lot of good. And, and just to bring this back into you as a dad here, I'm always curious with the frog man here, how they handle discipline as a dad, what, what type of disciplinary are you when it comes to being a dad? And is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with?
1: You know, I'm i I'm a pretty happy go lucky guy. So, uh, and I enjoy laughing and playing with my kids, but uh my dad was not a huge disciplinarian he was you know the light of my life he passed on about 6 years ago um and i always thought i wish he had kind of pushed me a little bit harder in a couple of these areas as it came to just some some personal behavior and certainly academics right i was at best a lazy student and and i gosh regret that as most of us do as we look back on our academic career So what we try to do at my house is we try to be disciplined around behaviors, right? We set some behaviors that we think are important and then we focus on that. And then we find the rest kind of falls into place. So, you know, be kind is one of those behaviors. So if I'm really hard on them, uh, anywhere, it's when they're getting after each other. Okay. And, and, you know, now they're starting with the snide comments and things like that. So from that standpoint, I'll get hard on them, but mostly because we just make it clear. We always say, look, this is what we do in this family. We're kind. What don't you understand about that? And having a six-year-old or a seven-year-old have to answer that question, like literally, I'll ask it, that's that's punishment enough, <laughs> right? So so they get it. So we, I'm disciplined. We're disciplined around behaviors. You know, try your best, be kind, and pay attention. That's kind of what we focus on. Right now, and and they, those branch off into a lot of areas. So, if they're doing those things right, lots of other good things happen. If they're not doing those things right, we'll bring them in. We'll sit them down. So, you know, in those areas, I'm, I'm i could be pretty tough. Generally speaking, I'm I'm probably the softy of the two between my my uh, my wife and me. But uh, I try to help her out but she's running the show here. so <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, good stuff. And, I, and just like you, I was very lazy in learning growing up. And now I, at this stage of the game, I got such a thirst for knowledge. I'm constantly, I mean, I'm a big reader. I try to read at least a book every week. And, and that hit me later. So I guess everything comes in its time. Uh, you know, my, my, I have four kids myself, and they're all at different levels of interest in learning. And, and you know, it, it's different for each kid. And you mentioned there kindness as one of them. What would you say are some of the other top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids growing up? Today's episode is being brought to you by Manscaped, and Dads, 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there is one thing that you can control, and that is shaving that area that made you a dad in the first place. My sponsors over at Manscaped.com are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premier electric trimmer that is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology, so you never have to worry about scratching those love spuds while you're giving yourself a smooth shave. The lawnmower 3.0 is included in the Perfect Package 3.0, and for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you're going to get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. And let me tell you something right now, guys. The Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs are the best pair of drawers I've ever put on. So what are you waiting for? Visit Manscaped.com. Use my promo code FATHER. You're going to save 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's 20% off your order plus get free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the promo code father and get rid of those short hairs in your short pants today. Kindness as one of them. What would you say are some of the other top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids growing up?
1: Well, you know, again, like we said, kindness, pay attention, hard work. Right. Those are those are three big ones. You know, and inside of um, inside of kindness. Uh, we try to talk about a lot of things. We talk a lot about emotions at a very young age because that's one thing that I struggled with growing up. I was overly emotional. Uh, I let things get me too riled up and I would just act on them. And what we're trying to instill in them is, you know, to be kind to somebody, recognizing how you feel and recognizing how they feel is really, really important because that's the genesis for all of our actions, right? If we're feeling a certain way, and we don't recognize it. We just act. Well, it's random how we're going to act. So we really focus on that a lot, okay? Hard work. We want to be smart work as well. So one of the things and you know, I, I just appreciate all the, all the team guys you have on. It's fun. Um, and it's, it's a great place, a great outlet to hear what we all think. But what you, I'm sure you've heard once if you've heard it a million times, is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. So when it talks to, when we talk about working hard, we kind of try to implement that, right? Because now they're, they're at the table doing their homework and they just want to get done as fast as they can and say, I was the first one done, right? And we say, well, not really, because you may have been done with your 10 problems, but you got five of them wrong. So you went too fast. Now have got to go back. And if you had just done them correctly, slow and smooth, you'd be done faster. So those are some of the things that we're really trying to implement. Again, behaviors, I think that they can just take everywhere.
0: Yeah, good stuff. And, and talking about, like, like I guess one of the things with leadership, I would say, is trying to figure out the strengths and the weaknesses of each kid. Because for my show, ch- one of the things I recommend to a lot of dads out there or parents is the, the five love languages. And I know it's one that you, you think of doing with your spouse to kind of find their love language. But I, I recommend doing it with your kids as well to kind of find out how they receive love, how they give love, and it gives yeah. you a little bit better insight onto uh, how to help discipline them and how to help uh, cater to them. And talking about books, getting to your book here, uh, The Process, Art, and Science of Leadership, uh, how does your book differ from other leadership books, uh, and and how can uh, parents or dads use the book to help lead their families?
1: Well, you know, I think the my leadership book is, it's a little different in that, you know, anytime a seal writes a book, you're gonna you're gonna hear some of the same things, right? Because we're all cut from the same cloth. We generally believe very much the same things. But what I do in my book is I lead with all my failures, right? I decided to kind of go the other way. Um and say, look, here's all the things that I did wrong. I've got a nice resume, it reads very nicely, that's great. I'm proud of a lot of the stuff I did, but that's not why you should listen to me. Listen to me because of some success I had in spite of the things I did. And what I did was I just went back into my life and said, all right, here's the things you did well. And here's the things where you kept screwing it up. Was there was there a common theme? And that's where, really where I came up with the process. You know, talk about emotions and personal culture and behavioral guidelines and planning and understand why it's so hard to do these things. They were everywhere. And, I, you know, so I said, well, this is there's a process to this. There's a thought process to leadership. You cover all these things, you're going to find your answer. So it's a process. It's not, It's not. you know, here are five kind of random but important traits. Do these things and you'll be a great leader. They may not necessarily apply to everybody, but this process will apply to everybody. So that's where it's a little different, right? It's not quite as sexy. I throw in some good stories, uh, you know, to get people a little jazzed over some of it. But that's kind of where it's, it separates itself and, you know, look, when you when you write a book, when you start a business, you've got to have your target audience. And I get it. It's important. But in my heart of heart, I believed that this process of leadership was for everybody to include the single mom, the stay at home dad, everything in your personal life. OK, it just so happens I can apply it to business and combat in, in all its various forms that I've seen. But the principles, the process is the same. And that's where and I, I feel very happy that I'm hitting the mark because I get single moms coming up to me and say, you know, I read your book and it was awesome. It's right where, you know, it's right where we need to be. Thank you for talking about emotions and how important that is. Right. You know, parents and, and, and community leaders and coaches, all the places that are outside of the traditional business stuff. That's where I really wanted it to have impact. And I think it is so. If, if it differs at all, I think those would be some of the areas.
0: Yeah, well said, Errol. I'm definitely going to drop a link in the description of this podcast cool. episode so my listeners can get over there and check it out. One of the things you mentioned there, too, is your failures. And, and I, I think that failure is so important to development. I think kind of like in this age right now, parenting, we're kind of removing that from a lot of the kids. We're not giving them opportunities <laughs> to fail. We see it as such a negative. We obviously, every kid gets a trophy philosophy. And I think this has created uh, some real havoc in our society as a result of that.
1: You know, and I I kind of get now. A, you're right, and I agree with you. And I think that there's too many safeguards. I don't I don't even think they allow jungle gyms on playground playgrounds anymore, right? And, and that's a that's a shame. But I will say, watching your child fail is about the worst thing, and how they react to it. You know, for me as a father, and I really saw that um, when we started doing some surfing and wrestling. Boy, my son finally figured out he was getting his clock cleaned and watching him cry. I, I wanted to take, you know, my my heart was okay, I'm going to take you out of this because I can't I can't bear to see you go through this. However, um, you know, you don't and you understand that he's going to get better. And it's my job as a father to, to tell him that, like, no, you're not quitting. You're not allowed to quit. You made a commitment to this season. And we'll finish the commitment now at the end of the season we'll see where we are if you don't want to do it again that's okay and you know obviously it gets better right and he had a tough first season wrestling and you know I just was wondering is he going to is he going to come back and you know fortunately they're going to reopen the wrestling he says okay I'm I'm ready to wrestle again well Part of that's because we let him get in there and fail and work it out and work through it and get that camaraderie with the other kids. If we had not let him fail, would he have he definitely wouldn't have tried again, right? Because that would have been the way he he does things. Um so yeah, we're we're big on letting him get out there, letting them fail. It's heart-wrenching. Uh, he's a he's a bit of a maniac, as is my daughter. Right. The physical stuff. They're on their scooters. You want to scream, stop doing that. Stop doing that. But you're like, you know, so they they finally crash bikes right? because they weren't paying attention. Me and my wife will run and they'll they'll ride bikes in front of us. And we're constantly screaming, pay attention, pay attention. And finally, I said to my wife, we just have to stop they're, It's going to happen. Let's just let it happen. And what is that? Them not paying attention, smashing into each other and falling. Right, you would have thought the earth ended, you know. You know, but they were fine. But they had to do it. They had to fail. So yeah, it's it's hard, but it's important, and and we embrace it.
0: Yeah, Errol, I'm right there with you too. I think all dads too, and it's part of the growth of being and becoming a father too, is learning how to let go of some of that stuff. My my older two guys (laughs) wrestle. My oldest son, he's a chess player. He's a school wizard, you know, and he challenged himself by doing the wrestling. And he got tossed around the mat like a rag doll. And it was tough to watch. But like you said, they start to learn. And as long as you give them the opportunity to fail and learn, uh, I, I think it benefits them. Like when, we, when I was a kid, we, you know, we played street football all the time. There were no parents, no referees, <laughs> no coaches. Right. We had to make up all the rules, settle all the fights and, and uh-huh. all penalties and do all that <laughs> stuff. And we, we learned how to like solve those problem solving skills at an early age. And I, we kind of removed that from our kids, uh, you know, w- w- when we hover over them, you know, too much.
1: Well, you know, you're right, and I again. So we're we're doing homeschooling right now, not the not the virtual option. We just decided we didn't like any of what we saw on many levels. So we said until this thing blows over, we're going to just take care of business at home. And we've partnered with a couple of families, and you know, and that's a hard decision. And but it's a like minded philosophy, and that's one of the things we said we're going to let them go, right? We're going to let them figure stuff out on their own when it's playtime. We're not going to be out there, you know, monitoring them, just like when you and I were growing up. And, you know, sometimes it gets a little dicey, but it's all working out, you know. So we're trying to kind of bring some of that back a little bit, you know, since we have a little bit of control.
0: Yeah, right on there. All right, you got the book (laughs) out. You're doing the Wim Hof Method Instructing. What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future, Errol?
1: well you know we're we're gonna keep growing the business right we're about four years in now it's it's everything we hoped it would be so now you've got we've got to go through uh, continuing to scale continuing to have impact uh, on the people who uh, give us the opportunity to share our story um, and then really just making sure the kids are getting everything they need I, I, once again I know it sounds cliche but There is no more important thing in our lives, right? This business stuff will work itself out. All the other stuff is going to work itself out. We focus on making sure uh, we're giving the kids what they need as far as a good, loving environment, places to make mistakes and do all those things. So that's what we're focused on, right? We've got to make money. We've got to grow the business. But more importantly, we've got to keep this family strong together in one good, super uh, cohesive unit.
0: Yeah, great stuff. And on that, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Errol, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: Well, I think the advice I would give them is there's plenty of time. And what I mean by that is not don't do things with your kids because you'll have plenty of time later. It's the opposite. It means when your kid's tugging on you and wants to throw the ball for five minutes or tell you a story for three minutes, you have three minutes. You have five minutes. You may have convinced yourself that you're so busy that you don't. Trust me, you have it. And there will be no better five minutes or 10 minutes or even 30 minutes when you feel like you can't spare time for a breath. You have time. So when I say my advice is there's time, there's plenty of time, it's when they need you at that moment. Just stop what you're doing and go do it with them, All right. You don't have to do it for four hours, okay? But you have five minutes, you have 10 minutes, you have 15 minutes to give them when they said, can you do this with me? Can you listen to what I'm saying? There's plenty of time. And I think that would be the advice that I would give uh, new fathers because we convince ourselves that we're just so busy and we're so important and we're not and we're not.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Errol Dobler, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Father.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Alec. Thank you. And please keep it up. This is awesome.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Errol Dobler for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. That's all I got for you guys this week. It was an action-packed week. If you missed out on any of the episodes, please go back and take a second to take a listen. Next week, I got some tremendous guests. I have really been booking with some tremendous dads. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here next week. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. This is First Class as fatherhood thank you for listening and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers